Hello, friends. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood today. <laughs> Linda is laughing at me. We're having a hard time with intros, guys. Yeah, you should hear all of our mistakes, my, outtakes. My 13-year-old told me that we're horrible at our intros. Ouch. So we're trying to be better, but... Uh-huh. Um, well, here's the deal, guys. We have an amazing, hope-filled conversation yes. for you today. And I can't imagine a person that doesn't agree that we all need a little bit more hope these days. We do. We need a little hope. So here we are. Stay tuned. Our conversation on hope. conversations that we've been having Casey has well I mean it's the same conversation everybody's having honestly (laughs) it's just kind of like where we're at right now um, as a nation and then where we're headed and there's a lot of trepidation there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of uncertainty to be honest Um, especially if you're a Christian and you're kind of living with your eyes wide open (laughs) absolutely yeah you're seeing what's coming down the road and So I think that um, one of the things that I've been noticing and and honestly probably wrestling with myself without even kind of knowing it until we started talking about this a week or two ago is that I think there's a lot of hopelessness going on in the nation right now. There's a lot of Christians. Actually, I was just on a Zoom call with um, some leaders the other week and um I didn't see hopelessness, but I, I saw the soberness of the time that we're living in. And I think a lot of people are struggling, like I said, if you're living with eyes wide open to also be able to question, like, where's the future headed for our nation? And so you started talking to me the other day about um, just the Lord kind of speaking to you about hope. And we thought that's a great conversation. Let's have that on, put it on the podcast. Well, I mean, that's... (laughs) That's what we always do, right? It's true. <laughs> this week for the podcast. No, um, yeah, I think watching what's happened in the last year definitely has fed into this, like, uh, um, this idea of hope and mm-hmm. and where what is what what where is hope? What yeah. is hopeful? What yeah. like trying to grasp for something that feels hopeful and life giving? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think in the wider scheme of my life, this has been a theme that I've just seen over and over and over again. And I look around, well, I don't have to look very far. It's honestly, it's in my own life. And I realize that I am placing my hope in the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, it's kind of like a wake up. Like, it's like, I'm feeling feelings. I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling resentment. I'm feeling frustration, irritation, like super irritable mm-hmm. without cause. Um, and I'm, I'm going, where's this coming from? What, what is bringing this on? And I'm, the Lord has slowly been opening my eyes that, that it's because I'm placing my hope in the wrong things, misplaced hope. And this, as I start to look back in journals and like, um, you know, having these conversations with the father, I'm going, wait, this sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) And I hear him like, yes, we've been talking about this for a while. So I go back and I read the things that he said. And a couple of years ago, he really challenged me about realigning my hope and just, it's a similar thing. So I think it's happening very acutely in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And it's felt like in kind of an expansive way, but personally, I think it's been a theme and a journey that he's had me on in the last, I would say probably three years, just where's my hope. Right. And I think that what happens is we 
we put our hope in earthly things or in other things. And that's when those, those disappointments come, the anger comes or self-righteousness. Like I am right. You are wrong. Like all those other kind of symptoms or Mm -hmm. secondary things start to flare up. And I feel like in my own life, the root of those has been that my hope is misaligned. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's good to just kind of, since we're going to talk about hope, think about some people may not even realize like, well, what is hope, you know, and how is hope different from faith, which we're actually going to talk about faith too. This is um, part one of a two part conversation (laughs) of hope and faith. And as we were dialoguing around it, we really came to, you know, hope is an expectation of something good that's in the future. And the difference, this is according to Casey and Linda, (laughs) the difference between hope and faith is that hope, I feel like is really a posture of the heart. Yeah. Um, Hope is really something that can't be seen. It it may be like you could see the fruit of hope. Mm -hmm. Like you were just saying, like, what does misplaced Mm -hmm. hope look like? You can see the fruit of misplaced hope, which often comes, like you said, in anger, um, maybe apathy, fear, those kind of things. But then... Um, but hope is really a posture of a heart. And even the scripture says like, you don't hope for things that you've seen because if you seen them, you wouldn't hope for them. Right. <laughs> that's in Romans. That's so, a Linde paraphrase. Yeah. That's a Linde paraphrase. <laughs> um, and so really when we want to talk about hope, it's like, it's in a posture of the heart for an expectation of something good that's in the future. And I think that's the, maybe as even the key is it's the future. Yeah. Like, you know, we look towards the future, um, the future for our children. I think that's a big one. A lot of moms are dealing with, I've actually seen quite a few posts about uh, that lately. Like Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with seeing the future that my kids are going to grow up in. Um, so it's, it's about the future. And I think that that's really been, um, what the challenge is that we're all facing is that we're looking into the future and we don't really have an expectation of something good. We don't like what we see. (laughs) Right. And that's where you're talking about. I love that phrase realigning your hope. Yeah. Yeah, Well, so I'll tell a little story, um, backing up a couple of years when I feel like this kind of journey started. Um, and I've told the story before about how we moved here from Vermont. We moved to Tennessee from Vermont, um, kind of without a job, without, without really a plan. We felt like we were supposed to, and we were kind of walking in faith in that, but it was really, really, really tough. But before that, my husband was without a job for about it ended up being about two years in total, but we had been in Vermont for about a year without a job and he's applying, um, for new positions, new opportunities. And, um, everything was a no. And my husband was very accomplished in his position. He was very, uh, in his job, previous job. So it was very shocking and very like kind of, hurtful in a way and offensive for just no after no for him, for me as his wife, he would get, uh, send out an application or put out his resume or have a initial conversation and there'd be no follow-up or he'd have an interview and the response would be, we're going to go with an internal candidate. And I found myself every interview, every time we get a new email, every time he'd be like, well, I have an interview, a phone interview today. I'd find like that clenched fist, like body, like posture going, Oh Lord, let it be, let it be, let it be, you know, but not like in a relaxed way, like really tense. Mm -hmm. And I'm, 
praying the right prayer. But what I realized and what the Lord just clearly said to me was you're putting your hope in that phone call. You're putting your hope in that interview um, and that conversation. That is not where your hope needs to be. And so that was where I heard him say, you need to realign your hope. You're saying Mm -hmm. the right things, but your heart, the posture of your heart is not in the right posture. Yeah. And that's, again, it goes back to that hope. I really believe is a posture of the heart Yeah, and you can see the fruit of where your hope is because like, you know, you guys couldn't see Casey, but when she was doing the clenched fist thing, she was, you know, tightening up (laughs) and it's like, what is that? That's anxiety. You know, that is, I'm super stressed out. That is, I'm worried. And when those things begin to take hold of us, we might want to go back and look and say, okay, where am I aligning my hope? And that's really what our challenge is. And that's what, you know, we've kind of boiled this down to is that, um, oftentimes we put our hope in situations. We put our hope in things turning out the way that we want them to, but where we really need to put our hope is in the Lord. And he talks about that in the scriptures. Well, one of my favorites is Psalms 33. The whole Psalm actually is all about hope. But um, the verse is actually verse 17. And it says, a a horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. The point of the verse is that it doesn't matter how big or how good or how amazing things are. It doesn't matter the size of your army. Like only God can save us. Only God. So a a, a horse putting your hope in, in whatever a horse may be for you. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it is a circumstance. Maybe it is who's president, the president, (laughs) whatever that may be. That is not where your hope should be. That's a vain hope for deliverance. But if you read on, I encourage you to go read the whole chapter. We're Mm -hmm. not going to read all of it today, but it's It's really good. It's a really good passage, especially for this topic. But the last couple of verses say we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield in him. Our hearts rejoice for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Mm. And I love that. It's in him, our hearts rejoice. Right. Like we put our trust in you. And so our hope in you and what happens, our hearts can rejoice. And that to me springs a picture of an easy, it's easy. It's, yes. it's effortless, right? Mm-hmm. To rejoice in him. our heart. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes we have to work at it. But the picture that this paints to me is I'm putting my hope in you, my heart is light. My heart can rejoice. Right. Right. Which then you see the fruit of where your hope is. Exactly. It's the opposite of what it looks like when you have um, misplaced hope. So one time I had a similar kind of revelation and it's really the only time the Lord has really spoken to me about hope that I was putting my hope in circumstances. And that was also when we had moved to Vermont and we kept our house in Virginia and we had renters and it just all these things were breaking down in the house, even though the house was not very old. Uh, you know, the re- the refrigerator or the washer and the dryer. And I just remember like all these bills were stacking up and we had taken a big pay cut to move to Vermont. And I was just stressed out about money. And I just remember I was up one morning and I just started crying to the Lord. I'm like, I was mad too. Cause I was yeah. like, we followed you here. You told us to come. He just said to me, he just said, you're putting your hope in these situations, not being difficult when you need to put your hope in me. And so I think the challenge for us is that, okay, because here's the deal. Things are not easy. And like we, we said at the beginning, like eyes wide open, right? you look around and you could have, I'm talking about our nation, but you could talk, talk about things in your life that don't look like they are going to have a good 
turn out. They're going to, mm-hmm. they look like what's coming ahead is not good. And I would say, I think sometimes the Lord allows us to be in those positions because that's when he wants us to turn yeah. our hope to him. Yeah. And so, and, and also it helps us realize, like you said about your story and I said that our hope isn't in him. Right. I love that you read, um, trusting in a horse on the a day horse of battle. Is a vain hope for deliverance. Yeah. And that like sounds funny to us, but the truth is, is if you are going into battle, mm-hmm. right. What is battle? A tough situation. Yeah. If you're going into a tough situation, you want to be the guy riding the horse. You don't want to be running on the ground. And so God actually in Deuteronomy, when he was before the people, you know, of Israel really were like formed into the kingdom that they were when he was instructing them, he actually says this. He says, you shall not multiply horses. Oh. Yeah, this was actually to the king um, of Israel. Do not multiply horses for himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. For the Lord has said to you, you will, you will not return that way again. And um, so the whole point of why God is saying to the king, don't multiply horses. And he also told them, don't number the people. Mm-hmm. Why? Because when they were going to go into battle, they wanted to place their trust in in the horses, in how many people they had. And so I think that the Lord is challenging us as Christians right now. Okay, guys, things haven't turned out the way you want them. Things are getting a little crazy around here. Where is your trust? And the reason why is not because he wants to leave us there. It's because he wants us to realign our hope. And once we do that, Mm -hmm. then we can become in tune with what he's doing and then we can begin to walk in those things, declare those things. And and really, when we're in alignment with God, that's yeah. where we flourish. Yeah. And I think the tricky thing that as Christians and especially moms and women of faith, I think the tricky thing is a lot of times the things that we are hoping for are not bad. They're actually really good. Yeah, that's a good point. And they might be things from the Lord. They might be words that have been spoken or whatever. And those those things are good. They're beneficial. They're for the edification and the encouragement of the body and mm-hmm. of your, your spirit and your um, future and your children and your family. Those are good things. And those things are okay. But what happens is we rest on the word mm-hmm. that was given rather than the one who embodies it. We, we rest on the encouragement rather than the encourager. Yeah. He just wants our whole heart. He just wants all of us focused on him. And the good news is he's on the throne and he is more than capable of ruling and reigning and sustaining. Yeah. Say that again. Don't rest on the encouragement, but the encourager. Yeah. That's powerful. It's really powerful because those things aren't bad. They're from him. Mm -hmm. But when those become our focus, when that becomes our hope for salvation, God spoke this word over me. That is my hope for salvation. Yeah, it's good. But now we're taking a good thing and we're tainting it because we're resting on it when we should be resting on him. Right. We as people, we always want to take something physical that we can see. Mm -hmm. Like we see how the circumstance turns out. That's why we can place our hope. Well, that's why they built a golden calf, right? Right. They needed to see See something something. that they could bow down. And so I think that as believers, what what you're saying, I just love that our relationship is with God and he, he is someone, he's not something. Yeah. And that's a big difference. He's someone, not something. And so when we um, put our hope in him, we're putting on, we're putting our hope in love. 
because yep. God is love. We're putting our hope in his character. He's yeah. faithful. He's kind. He's giving. He's generous. Um, again, I feel like getting our hope realigned is all about once our hope is realigned, then our words can become aligned and then yeah. we can begin to clear and then we can begin to walk in the things that God has for us. Yeah. But if we're just hoping for something to happen, then it could be also a place where we can really get apathetic and complacent Yeah, instead of being proactive and walking in our faith, which is what we're going to talk about next, because I feel like hope is a posture of the heart. Faith is the actions that we take. Yeah. Well, I mean, even in, was it Hebrews? It says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It denotes action. Yes. Like it, it, the feeling that that stirs up. I'm, I am, I can rest in this because I, yeah. So it's the difference of posture of heart and action. And, and I think that once we have that hope placed properly, faith is a little bit easier to walk out. Mm, It's a little bit easier to move forward. That's right. So the picture that the Lord gave me when we were, you know, talking about hope is that if you, if you could put us all in a boat, right. And the storms of life come, um, because they do. And what happens when a storm comes is the boat starts swaying, right? And then the storm gets worse and the boat begins to toss. And the scripture kind of talks about that, you know, that we're not supposed to be weak in our faith, that we're tossed about to and fro like children. And we're not supposed to be weak in the things that we know about God and who he is. That's in Ephesians. But I love that the Bible describes hope as an anchor. And in Hebrews 6, 19, it says, this hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast and which enters the presence behind the veil. So hope is pictured as an anchor and the anchor holds us so that when the storms comes, we're not going to get tossed about, but then it even talks about both sure and steadfast and which enters the presence behind the veil, which just goes back to where's our hope where our hope is in the one whose presence is behind the veil. You know, that's a old Testament picture, but it's in God. Yeah. And that that's where our souls can be anchored. And I, I truly believe it. my, well, Leanne actually has said this several times. She goes, we can show people our, who our God is right now more than ever, because while everyone else is being tossed around in the storm, we can remain steadfast. Yeah. So that's, a great picture. Hope, our hope in God is an anchor to our soul. It reminds me of the story of Jesus calming the waves when they're all, yes. I think it's in Mark chapter four, I believe, when they're all in the boat and Jesus is asleep and a storm comes up. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that Jesus was asleep in the stern of the boat. And it's always important to pay attention when the, when the Bible gives those kind of details, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And the stern of the boat is the back and it's where the rudder is, which steers the boat. And it's where like if in an, in a modern boat, it's where the engine would be, which drives the boat. And, and so here Jesus is, he's asleep in the back of the boat and the disciples are freaking out and he comes to them and he's like, I'm like, what's the big deal? I'm right here. When, if they had just relaxed, like they just still weren't fully aware of his power and who he was. Right. But if they had known who was in the stern of the boat, who was really sleeping, if they had known by what authority he was there, Mm -hmm. like there would have been no fear. There would have been no worry. There would have just been, my hope is here in the stern of the boat asleep and I can rest too. That's a beautiful picture. Um, Jesus is in control. Yeah. And if they would have known that they were in the boat with him, 
their boat wasn't going down. Yeah. No storm was going to take their boat down. Right. And that's what we, that's what hope does to us. It says the storm is not going to take my boat down. Yeah. Yeah. Because our hope is put in the right things. Right. In the The one who's sleeping in the back of the boat. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. And, and here's the thing. Listen with this. Hope is a posture of the heart. And so we want to then move into talking about faith and, and faith is, I feel like it's an action. Um, faith is what we'll do because of where we have hope, but I want to encourage people in between faith and hope. So if hope's the posture of the heart and faith is what we do, begin to make the declarations of hope, yeah. you know, um, that's all through the Psalms. You know, this is who my God is. You're the God that parted the Red Sea. You're the God, um, that fed, um, you, you fed the 5,000, you know, with the few loaves and fishes. You're the God, um, the children of Israel walked through the wilderness for 40 years. The Bible says that their sandals never wore out and they stayed in perfect health. You know, he, he's the God that comes through at the last minute. He's the God that the, um, rulers of this age did not know what they were doing or they would have never crucified him. He's working a plan when we don't see the plan that he's mm-hmm. working. And God does not understand defeat. Like that's something that I yes. keep hearing lately. Say that like, again. God does not understand defeat. Yeah. He's not in it. And so like that, so make declarations of hope when you're struggling with hopelessness, when you begin to have these symptoms that we're talking about. And then I feel like what happens is your spirit can quicken and then you can begin to walk that walk of faith um, because hope is the anchor of your soul. That's so good. Mm -hmm.